I want to speak to you. This will be a continuation of what I started speaking to you about last Sunday. Entitled, Eternity on My Mind. Tell somebody, I've got eternity on my mind. <laughs> this is part number two, eternity on my mind. Go to Mark chapter number 13, and we're going to read from verse number 32. Mark chapter 13. I've got eternity on my mind. We were able to establish several things last Sunday. We said that we are pilgrims here upon the earth. Jesus said, I go to prepare you a place and I'll come back and I'll receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. That's John chapter 14 from verse 1 to 3. So we are pilgrims. We are on a journey. A believer in Christ must understand this very well. Jesus said, do not lay up for yourselves treasures upon the earth. Where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves can break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where moth and rust doth not corrupt, where thieves can break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Come on, say amen. amen. We were able to establish... That the day is coming when we shall, as Christians, stand before the judgment seat of Christ. You've got to know this, that everyone sitting here today will be judged. For one who is born again, you won't be judged for sin. You will be judged for the things you've done for the Lord here on the earth. And I believe that God has called each of us and has given each of us amazing divine destiny there are things that we should be accomplishing for god here on the earth because the way we live on the earth will determine the way we live in eternity first corinthians 3 makes that very clear and we talked about the six materials that people can build with here upon the earth wood hay straw or gold silver and precious stones you don't want to be building with wood, hair, and stubble. You want to build with gold, silver, and precious stones. The Bible says there that there is no other foundation that can be laid than that which has been laid and the foundation is Christ. But let each one be careful how he builds upon this foundation. Is that correct? So we must be very careful how we build upon this foundation because the day of the Lord, that's the day of judgment, we stand before the Bema seat and we are judged. Now, unbelievers will not be standing before the Bema judgment seat. Unbelievers will be standing before the white throne judgment seat. How do you know you will not stand before Bema? How do you know you stand before the white throne judgment? Well, have you received Christ into your heart? John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. Don't believe the nonsense that there are many ways to God because there is only one. And you don't want to find out when you get over to the other side that there is only one. Because there is only one. And I said to you, nobody will go to heaven by accident. You won't get to heaven and say, oh, I never thought I was coming here. No, going to heaven is a choice. Come on now, say Amen. amen. It's a choice. Each of us must make the choice. 
Come on now, we must make the choice. Of course, it is by grace we are saved through faith. It is not of your works, it is the gift of God. But you've got to understand that when a gift is given, the recipient must receive it. If you say, I don't want the gift, guess what the giver will do? Take his gift back. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God. Salvation is a gift. The gift of God is eternal life. Eternal life. Eternal life is in Christ and Christ alone. All of that ground is sinking sand. There's only one ground upon which we stand. And that ground is Jesus. That foundation is Christ. And you're building on all of those places. And all that you're doing is nothing but rubbish. That's why Paul said, I count all things but rubbish. Rubbish. Everything I've done before Christ is rubbish. Everything I've done before Christ, the, the right word that Paul used, I don't want to, that, let's, he used the word dung. Everything you've done before Christ is dung. Now don't look at me that way, that's what the Bible says. Are you listening to me? So, Christ Jesus, the Son of God, is the only way. And we are not going to sit at any negotiation table to talk about this. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. We are not going to devalue this. We, we are not going to, we're not going to compromise the truth. The truth is the truth. Come on, say amen. amen. Oh, Pastor Godwin, but there are people that don't believe this. Listen, they don't believe it does not change it. That's why we preach the truth. Because the truth changes lives. Pastor Godwell, it doesn't make sense. Well, it was not given in the first place to make sense. It was given to make faith. Come on now, say amen. amen. The Bible says the preaching of the gospel to them that perish, it is foolishness. But to us that are being saved, it is the power of God. Pastor God will, let's go out there and try to explain it. We're not called to explain the gospel. We're called to proclaim the gospel. Hey, Come on now, say amen. amen. We're not called to explain it. Explaining it, trying to, you can't even, you don't even understand it. <laughs> your, listen, your mind, that's why the Bible does not say God has put eternity in our minds. It says God has put eternity in our hearts. Your mind does not understand this. With all the stuff we did. And yet Jesus came and loved us and saved us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, the just for the unjust. And some of us did not want to have anything to do with him. Yet he loved us. Come on now, say amen. amen. And he still loves people out there. No matter what they do, no matter what they say, they curse his name. They use his name in all kinds of vulgarisms and all kinds of, all kinds of things they do. Yet he loves them. Amen. And yet he died for them. This does not make sense. Yes, it doesn't. It will never make sense. But our hearts believe it. Come on now, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. So we are not called to live here forever. We are on a journey. The day comes when you shall come out of your physical body. And I want you to understand that death is not the stop of one's existence. 
death is simply defined as separation. And there are three kinds of death. The first kind of death is spiritual death. When God said to Adam, the day you eat of the tree in the midst of the garden, you shall die. And here comes the snake. Here comes the serpent. The devil said, you will not surely die. And that's the lie the devil has been telling people. You will not die. No, God says you will die. The devil says you will not die. Who are you going to believe? And guess what? The devil was able to convince them. And they ate of the tree in the midst of the garden. And the moment they did, the Bible says they knew they were naked. Well, they were covered by the glory. What happened? And, and they knew they were naked and they came up with their own idea. Hey, Adam, let's do something. Let's go cut some fig leaves. And let's cover ourselves. And by the way, nobody else was watching. You guys are the only two people on the earth by the time. Who is looking at you? Let's cover ourselves from God who sees everything. And they cut fig leaves and they, the Bible said they sued fig leaves and they covered themselves. And that's religion right there. Religion is man's way to God. Religion is trying to cover your sin. Religion is trying to please God in certain ways so that you buy your way to heaven. There is nothing you can do that will be good enough for God. The Bible says all your goodness are like filthy rags before God. Come on now say amen. But praise God, the Lamb of God came. John the Baptist said, behold the Lamb of God that takes away. He doesn't cover. He takes away. He doesn't cover. He washes. He doesn't cover. He remits. He takes away the sin of the world. And if you have received Christ into your life, I want to say to you, according to the word of God, all your sins have been washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. You are not a sinner. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Come on now, give the Lord praise in the house this morning. You are not a sinner. People say, I'm a sinner saved by grace. It's a lie. I'm not a sinner saved by grace. I have been saved by grace. That means I'm no more a sinner. Oh, Pastor God, oh, that's pride. That's not pride. That's the word of God. Pride is I'm a sinner saved by grace. But humility is accepting what God says about me. God says I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. And here you come with your religious nonsense. Say, oh, I'm a sinner saved by grace. You cannot say I'm righteous. I cannot say that. That will be pride. I know the sins that I commit. I know the things that I do daily. Now, can I tell you something? The blood of Jesus Christ was not shed to wash your past sins. It was also shed to wash the future ones. Amen. Oh, Pastor God, are you teaching them to sin? Absolutely not. The Bible says in the book of 1 John, he that is born of God does not sin. Why? Because the seed is in him. When you have an understanding of who you are and what God has deposited in your spirit, that the nature of God resides on the inside of you, you will repel sin, you will detest sin, you will not want to have anything to do with sin. You are so in love with Jesus that sin irritates you. Tell somebody, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's not your righteousness. It's the righteousness of Christ. 
is the righteousness of Christ. That is why you can live the Christian life. You don't live the Christian life in your own strength and ability and, you know, New Year's resolution. I'm resolute. I'll serve God this year. No, you don't live. Listen, the Bible says it's not of him that willeth or runneth. It's of him that showeth mercy. The race is not to the swift. The battle is not for the strong. Come on. Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. It is God's grace. It is God's ability. It is God's nature. It is God's the, the, the DNA of God. Divine nature that resides on the inside of the believer. For if a man is in Christ, he, that man is a new creation. In actual fact, the word is a new species of being. That man is a new species. The man is totally different. This is a species that's never existed. This is God. The Bible says in John chapter 3, I believe it's verse number 5. He that is born of the flesh is flesh. He that is born of the spirit is spirit. So that means I carry God's nature, God's grace, God's ability. I can do what God says I can do. I can live how God says I can live. I have the righteousness of God in my nature. Because God has planted that in me. Praise the Lord. You're helping me there. Yeah, thank you. Hallelujah. I know you found Mark chapter 13. Have you? Okay. So these are some of the things we've established. Okay. Eternity on my mind. I'm on a journey. So one day, you're going to leave this earth. Fact. Fact. Even if you leave for 120 years, you will leave this, this earth. Fact. And there are two ways. There are two ways. I want to say there are two ways. There are two ways to leave this earth. Number one, by the rapture. Which I believe is the next big event on God's prophetic calendar. The rapture of the church. For we shall not all sleep in death. But we shall be changed. In a moment. I want to say in a moment. In a twinkling of an eye. You, bl you blink. Oh, I'm gone. At the rapture. And there is going to be flight number one. I want to say flight one. I want to recommend flight one for you. You make sure you are on the first flight. We've got to be on the first flight leaving this earth. When the trumpet sounds. Can someone say amen? Because there is another flight. A second flight. That's the mid-tribulation rapture. I don't want to be part of that one. I want to be part of the first flight. Come on now say amen. When the trumpet will sound and boom we are gone out of this earth. Come on say amen. I want to be part of that. And I pray each of you will be part of that. Hallelujah. I said Hallelujah. Before the Antichrist is unleashed and his wicked plans are unleashed. I mean, things are already gearing up in that direction. And you, you have to be smoking something terrible not to realize there's something, there's something cooking. There's something cooking. And this has been in the making for a very long time. And the enemy is at work. And the enemy is trying to bring everyone together into one place. The, the, the plan of the Tower of Babel is coming. It's going to come to existence. And it will come to existence. And according to biblical prophecy, nothing can stop it. Because it's in biblical prophecy. It will happen. But we shall get the heaven out of this place. I said we shall get the heaven out of this place before the terror of the Antichrist is unleashed. And for those of you who believe in mid-tribulation, oh, you shall go through the 
the, 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 the tribulation, well, go ahead, knock yourself out. Enjoy it when it's unleashed because it's going to be terrible. I'm telling you, it's going to be very terrible. It's going to be terrible. Some people can't even observe a two-day fast, a three-day fast, and they want to go for 21 days during the Antichrist when the Bible says until you, unless you have the mark of the beast, you cannot buy, you cannot sell. No matter what, you can't do commerce. You cannot get on the plane. People say, oh, I cannot fly now, so let me get the vaccination. Well, at the time, you're going to get the mark of the beast to get on the plane. You're going to get the mark of the beast to go to a supermarket. You're going to get the mark of the beast to eat food. You're going to get the mark of the beast to put food on the table for your children. And how many of you can endure that? People who... No, not you. Uh, how many of you can endure that? If you cannot even push the plate of food away for three days. Sometimes we call for a 21-day fast and I see just a handful of people. Is it not interesting that the same people sometimes say, Oh, we shall go through the tribulation. How can you deal with it? When all I do is get you to eat breakfast and skip lunch and dinner. The Antichrist will not get you to eat nothing. <laughs> Fact. You will eat nothing. Food. Show us your digital mark. I hope you know that the world's going digital. Even with currency. Money is going digital. Right? There's digital currency now. You go to some of the banks, you don't even find cash. If we all rush to the bank right now, we wouldn't find cash. Some of us might get cash. Some of us might not get cash. Are you listening to me? But it's on your plastic. It's on your plastic. And people are being chipped even right now. So you want to come into a place, you have your microchip on you. Are you listening to me? Now, when John, John the, 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 the revelator, was revealing this in the island of Patmos, back in those days, they did not have this kind of technology. Right? John had no idea what a plastic was. He had no idea what a microchip was. Right? But the Bible says, in the last days, knowledge shall increase. And knowledge is indeed increasing. It has really increased. This is known as the jet age. This is known as the 21st century. This is known as the, as the computer age. Come on now, say amen. amen. So things are gearing up. Things are falling in place. All the pieces of the puzzle, they're all falling in place for a one world government. Oh, this is conspiracy theory. I want you to understand there has always been a conspiracy. But it's not a theory. It's a fact. The first conspirator was Lucifer. What do you think happened in heaven? When he got one third of the angels of God. That was a conspiracy. Go read the book of uh, Ezekiel and, right, I, and Isaiah. I'll ascend to the throne of God. I'll be like the most high God. He got himself one third, one third. Think about it. One third of the angels of God came and sided with him. That was a coup. What's a coup? It's a conspiracy. You don't do it openly. You do it secretly. So the first one to conspire against God was Lucifer. And Lucifer is still conspiring today. So the church is not going to bury our head in the sand like an ostrich and think that there's nothing going on out there. What's going on out there is big. It's massive. 
That's why we must preach the gospel while it is day. Because night cometh when no man can work. That's why we must live for God now. Remember now your creator, Ecclesiastes 12.1. In the days of your youth, when the evil days have not come, nor the years draw nigh, when you shall say, I've got no pleasure in them. So, by the rapture we shall live. We shall live. Paul wrote that, right? We shall live. He had a revelation of that. We shall live. And I believe it's the next big event. If you haven't seen my message on what's on the horizon, you go to our website, you watch that. I laid out the plan. How things are going to unfold. God's, God has a prophetic timeline. Just like you have a timeline on your Facebook, God has a prophetic timeline. What is the next big event? What's the next big thing that's going to happen? Is the rapture. The rapture. Of the church. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. So go to our website and you go watch and listen to the series. I did a series. It was probably a five, six part series on the subject. What is on the horizon? What is about to happen? What's about to happen? So by the rapture we shall leave. Now if the rapture tarries. Because there is a major difference. Between the rapture and the second coming of Christ. The second coming of Christ is not going to happen soon. The rapture happens. And we are there with God. And there is a seven year tribulation season. And we are there in heaven for seven years. And then we return back. And Jesus sets up his throne in Jerusalem. And the Bible says that he shall rule the world with a rod of iron. The Bible says in this season, the lion and the lamb will lie together. In other words, there's going to be peace. You see all this stuff, they're talking about global peace. I'm sorry, it's never going to happen. You've heard me say that five, six years ago, whatever. I've said global peace will never happen. It's not possible. You have this devil that's running loose. How can there be global peace? It's impossible. But when Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, when he sets up his throne and his kingdom, physical, literal kingdom. Come on now, say amen. amen. And you and I shall rule and reign with him. Amen. That's when the same will come to pass and let the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ. And he shall reign in it for a thousand years. For one thousand years, the devil will be bound. The, the dragon, the Bible tells us, will be bound and will be thrown into the bottomless pit. It's bottomless. It's going to keep falling for one thousand years. Never gets to the bottom. And Jesus reigns. And Jesus reigns. And Jesus reigns. With a rod of iron. One thousand years. So the second coming isn't happening next. The second coming will happen after the seven year reign. In actual fact at the end of the tribulation. So we return back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Ah, this is good news. We return back with glorified bodies. 
Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 that this, uh, this immortality and this mortality shall put on immortality. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This natural shall put on spiritual. The body is sown in weakness, but the body gets up in what? In power. Which put on this celestial body. Oh, eternity on my mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And some of you have seen these, uh, uh, you know, the superheroes. We watch them in these movies and you see them flying. They never die. Is it not interesting that they don't, they don't die? The guy falls from a 20-story building. He hits the ground, but he gets up. Never dies. Never dies. Looks like the, the producers of these movies understand what some people don't understand in the church. Come on now. I want you to understand. When you get born again, you are a superhero. Hallelujah. There is this superhero power that resides on the inside of you. The Bible says Christ in me, hope of glory. Hallelujah. We have this treasure in an earthen vessel. The glory of God dwells within the born again child of God. And I'm telling you, you are more and better than the superheroes on TV. But the limitation that people have is the fact that there is a physical body. So the physical body must have, must have to give way. And that's what death is. And that's what physical death is. Say it with me. Death is separation. Death is not the stop of your existence. Nobody will stop existing. Whether you are born again or not, you're going to live forever. So you've got to start making the right decision on where you're going to live. You're going to live in heaven. You're going to live in hell. It's one out of the two. One out of the two. So that's the second way that a person leaves the earth. Death. Physical death. What is physical death? Physical death is when the human spirit, the spirit, you, you the man. Everyone say, I am spirit. I, am spirit. I, have, a soul. I have a soul. I live in a body. In now, you are not 50% spirit, 30% soul, 20% body. Because I've heard, I've heard people say, Man is spirit, soul, and body. That's not true. Man is not spirit, soul, and body. Man is spirit. Man is 100% spirit. Man has a soul. That is your will, your emotions, your intellect. And man lives in a house. The house is the body. The body is the, the temple. The body is the tabernacle of the spirit. So the day comes when, just like you would go into a hotel and you check in for one week, and the day comes you check out. Correct? The day comes when you will check out of this body. And don't be afraid now. Because when you start talking about this, people begin to, don't panic. 
The Bible says present in the body is absent from the Lord and present with the Lord is absent from the body. So which means the day comes when you come out of your body. Paul even had an experience. I truly believe and many Bible uh, scholars believe he was talking about himself when he said, I knew a man 14 years ago. Whether in the body or out of the body, I know not. But this man was taking up to paradise. He literally came out of his body. Are you listening to me? And that is what death means when you check out, when you come out of your physical body. The, the Nigerian man that I talked, about, I talked about a week or two weeks ago, the man who said he died because he had a car accident. And when they brought his body out of the car and put him in an ambulance, he said he was in the ambulance when an angel showed up and he walked out of his body. The angel called him. So while people were around, his wife, I guess, was in the ambulance. The, uh, the paramedics were there. They were looking at him, but they did not know that the real man has left. But again, when the real man leaves, the physical body becomes uh, really useless. So what makes this body important is you. So you are the one that wears it, makeup, and <laughs> dress it well. <laughs> You are the one that makes this body important. Come on now, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. So the day comes when you check out. And then you cross over to the other side of eternity. There are two sides on the other side. I said there are two sides on the other side. Come on now. I said there are two sides on the other side. One is heaven and the other is hell. And we, we see that clearly, I believe it's Luke chapter number 16, verse number 19, where the Bible talks about the, the rich man and Lazarus. The rich man died and was taken by an angel. I believe there is an angel that shows up the day a born again Christian dies. The angel comes and takes you. So an angel came and took him to Abraham's bosom. And what happened to the rich man? The Bible says he also died. So death is an equalizer. The poor die, the rich die. And you don't have enough money to pay death. The day death comes calling, your money will not suffice. Just know that. It won't. Death, I'll give you one million. No, no, no. Death don't take bribe. Death, death cannot be bribed. What you do to prepare is to live your life to the glory of God. That's what you do to prepare. Come on now, say amen. I said, come on now, say amen. Now, read Mark chapter number 13. I know we haven't read it, but we're going to read it. Verse number 32, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Take heed, watch and pray. I want to say watch. Watch and pray, for you do not know when the time is. It is like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to each his work. And commanded the doorkeeper to watch. I want to say watch. 
Watch therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming. In the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all, watch. Eternity is defined as infinity. It is timeless. It is unending. In, in theological term, it is defined as endless life after death. Endless life after death. I had the most, one of the, really, I would consider this the most amazing um, vision I've ever seen since I became a child of God. Um, 1997, month of February. The Lord Jesus Christ. I was back in Nigeria at the time, month of February. I, I had come back from, from, from exercise because I used to play football at the time, soccer at the time. So I, get, I got back home. I was lying in bed. And, and here comes Jesus Christ. Comes into the room. And while the Lord was with me in the room, everything in the room was vivid. The bed on which I was lying, uh, the door separating two rooms, the clothes hanging, the ironing board, everything was vivid. And the Lord was there, dressed in white. I could see his hair. And I struck up a conversation with him. I said, Lord, there's something I want you to do for me. The Lord said, uh, what is it? I said, I've heard so much about the rapture. I want to take part in the rapture. The Lord put his hand upon my forehead and made some declarations over me and got up from the bed, walked up to the center of the room, turned back, pointed at me and said, do not leave, I'm not done with you. And he left. Let's fast forward. 1999, I'm in Turkey. I travel to a city in this, in this country. I'm there for, for like three months. My pursuit was to play professional football. I wanted to be a professional football player. I wanted to drive a Lamborghini. I, I wanted to make millions of dollars. My dream was to play... My dream was to play for Real Madrid. My dream was to play for the Nigerian national team. I had a dream to alleviate my, my parents and my, my siblings from poverty. Uh, all that dream of a young man, you know. I wanted flashy stuff. Wow. <laughs> and um, I was a faithful believer serving the Lord. But before I came from Nigeria, the Lord had called me to the ministry. Something I never got to tell anybody back then. The Lord had appeared to me and said, basically called me to the ministry. I knew I was called to preach. I gave my life to Christ when I was, when I was 14. And a few months later, Jesus appeared. That was the first time Jesus appeared to me. Second time was in 97. The first time he appeared and called me to the ministry. I knew it, that I'm supposed to be a preacher. But when I looked at the condition and the stuff that my parents were going through and the neighborhood we lived, I wanted to make money. And all the preachers that I looked, I saw in the neighborhood were broke. And I said to myself, if I become a preacher, I would be broke like these people. <laughs> so honestly, this is the reason why, this is the reason why I didn't want to be in, in ministry. But unfortunately, the people, I say unfortunately, these people were great men. They, they served God. They were men of character. I, I love the fact that they were men of character. But when it comes to the financial, oh my goodness, they were broke. So, so that was the picture 
That was the example that was in front of me. And I did not want to be like that. Because there is the idea that, that pastors live off of the people. If the people don't give, you are broke. In actual fact, Kenneth Hagin used to tell the story. He said in the church, uh, the ministry where he was a member of a part of when he started out in ministry, they had this uh, slogan. God, keep him humble. We shall keep him broke. <laughs> so, I didn't want to do ministry, man. I didn't want to be poor. But that was all I knew, man, because that was all I saw. I saw poverty. And I did not want to be broke. So I put that on the shelf. You're sitting here today, God must have said something to you, you put it on the shelf. You're not doing it, you're not stepping out to do it. I put it on the shelf for many, many years. So came over here and I, I decided to I pursue my career. I was going to play football. I was going to get a good contract. You know. And so I traveled to the city where a club had invited me to. Actually, somebody took me to the club. And I went to the club. The, the, the president put me in a, in a hotel. Three months in a hotel. Paying everything. I will eat breakfast. I'll eat lunch. I'll eat dinner. They'll take me out of the train. I'll train with the team. They gave me. Oh, my goodness. The club was taking care of me. One night. I had a dream. In my dream, the rapture. The rapture took place in my dream. And I woke up in cold sweat. And when I woke up, watch this, it was a dream. But when I woke up, it was so real. It felt as if the rapture had taken place. I mean, I was shivering. I was afraid. I looked over there, my roommate... At the time, I had a roommate who had also joined me in the club in Nigeria. And I looked over there. Well, this guy is not a true believer. So this is not the yardstick. No, really, because if the guy was around, <laughs> this is not the yardstick. So I'm not going to use this guy as a measuring rod. Okay, so I looked at him. He was still there. So I didn't even bother. He was sleeping. This was around 4 a.m., if I'm not mistaken. So I watched this. 4, 5 a.m., if I'm not mistaken. I ran down to the lobby. I went to the receptionist. And I said, I need to make a phone call. I had two Christian brothers that I looked up to here in Istanbul. They were faithful. One is in Canada right now. The other is in the U.S. Faithful. Faithful. I looked up to the both of them. At the time they lived there in Istanbul, so I picked up the phone and I called the first one. And when I called the first one, it says over on the other side, the person you've reached, uh, the person you're trying to reach, the person you're calling cannot be reached at this time. Oh my goodness, my heart, my heart sank into my stomach. I knew the rapture had taken place. Because if I cannot reach this man, that, that means the man is gone. So I called the second brother. I called him and the same thing. The person you've, you've called cannot be reached at this time. I, 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 I panicked. With all honesty, at the time, I was in love with Jesus. I, 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 I mean, I would not say I had any nonsense. You know what I mean? 
you know, you're a child of God. There are times people have areas of struggle. But I did not have any nonsense. I didn't have a girlfriend. I had not met my wife at the time. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> I had no girlfriend. I, had, I, had, I was a clean young man. Yet I missed the rapture. How do you, com how do you compute that? How? But guess what I believe the Lord was saying to me? Because this happened many, many years ago. The Lord was saying to me, you see, get ready. Don't forget, two years before I came to Turkey, that's the prayer I prayed. When, I, when the Lord appeared to me, I said, Lord, I've heard about the rapture. Help me to take part in the rapture. Two years later, I've, I'm gone into this pursuit, trying to get my own stuff done. When the Lord had already called me into the ministry. You've got to understand, disobedience is disobedience. Oh, but, but, but I'm living pure. I'm li are you doing the will of God? That is revealed to you. You know it, but you are just di directly in disobedience against God. But praise God, it was a dream. And praise God, the rapture has not taken place. And praise God, praise God, I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm ready. I mean, praise, praise God. If the rapture takes place right now, I believe, I believe I'm ready. But God wants you ready. Come on, I say, God wants you ready. Amen. Praise God. If you notice, about three times or four times in the text we read, it says, watch, watch, watch. Don't go to sleep on this. There is no spiritual vacation. Stay awake. With every head bowed, every eyes closed. Every head bowed, every eyes closed, all across this place. You've come into this place and there has not been a time you gave your heart to Christ. There has not been a time you received the life of Christ. And I believe that the Lord is uh, calling you to salvation today. Like I said, According to God's word, John 14, 6, I am the way, Jesus said, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father except through me. And I want you to understand that uh, religion cannot help you. Religion cannot save you. Only Jesus saves. And if you want to come to know Jesus today, I believe his arms are wide open to receive you, to take you back as his child. His blood was shed on the cross of Calvary. He was buried on the third day, he rose again for your justification. And my dear friend, I want to say to you this morning that hell was not made for you, but hell was made for Satan and his, and his falling angels. If you want to come to know Jesus today as your Lord and Savior, he wants to forgive all your sin. If this is your first time to come to Christ, I believe he welcomes you. But then there are those who once upon a time they give their lives to Christ, but they've walked away from God and they're now living a life of sin and the flesh. Your heart has become lukewarm. Your heart has become cold. But today, like the prodigal son, you want to return. If that is you, I want to also pray over you and pray for you. The third category is for those whose minds are telling them one thing, but your heart's the opposite. My dear friend, you do not know beyond the shadow of, of every doubt that if you close your eyes and breathe out your last today, you will go to heaven. You put your head on your pillow to sleep and here comes a thought. It runs through your mind. What if you do not wake up the next day? 
and you panic. But today you want to know like you know your name. You want to know. The Bible says we know we have eternal life. We know we've crossed from death unto life. Today God wants to set you free. The blood of Jesus wants to wash you clean. If you fit into any of the calls that I gave. For first time salvation. Number two for rededication. Number three for assurance of salvation. You want me to pray with you and pray for you. Please don't hesitate. At the count of three. Quickly slip up your right hand. Lift up your right hand. One, two, three. Quickly. Lift it up. Lift it up. Lift it up. First time salvation. Rededication. Assurance of salvation. Is anyone like that? Thank you. I see your hand in the back. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? You're here this morning. You say, Pastor God, I'm not sure I'm ready for the rapture. If the rapture takes place right now, I am not sure. In actual fact, I am 99.99% sure, but I'm not 100% sure. Hey, I, I know you can be sure completely. And you say, Pastor God, I want to be sure. 100%. Lift up your right hand. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. Is there anyone like that? Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you. I see one hand in the back. You can all lift your heads and look at me. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. My sister, can you please stand on your feet and come? Stand and come. Can you put your hands together and just encourage her as she makes her way up here to the front? God bless you. Come. Hallelujah. Just stand, stand right there. Come. Come stand right there. Amen. He loves you. And you've made the greatest choice of your entire life. See, everything else you will do, beginning from today, will be built upon this. He loves you. And see, no matter what you've done, no matter what has happened in your life, the blood of Jesus Christ is potent enough to purge you and to wash you. And he does not cover, the, cover your sin. He, he remits them. He washes them completely. Amen. Can you please close your eyes and lift up your right hand to heaven? That's where your help comes from. I want you to say this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He came in the flesh. He died on the cross. He was buried. And on the third day, he rose again. I receive Jesus now. As my Lord and my Savior. Lord Jesus, wash me clean. Let me never be the same again. Fill me with your spirit. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. I turn my back on Satan. Say, I turn my back on Satan. I turn my back on Satan. Say it. Say it. And I will follow you. All the days of my life. Oh my goodness. Thank you Jesus. As a servant of the most high God. I declare over you. All your sins are forgiven. Free. Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah.